Hi guys and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Becky. And I'm Emma. Hello. Hi. Hello. Can you believe that we are on episode 17? I believe it because we record it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe. <laughs> I believe it because you just <laughs> you just told me we were on episode seventeen. So yeah, no, but yay, go us! I know, really proud of yeah. us. I did read somewhere that like the limit of podcasts that were going to succeed or or kind of give up was like seven episodes, and if you got over se- seven episodes, then you know you should be golden. Oh so, well, there you go. Yeah. We are ten over the odds. <laughs> <laughs> hey and we are nearly at a thousand plays yes we are so thank you so much for all the support and we really hope you enjoy listening to it uh yeah a thousand plays pretty amazing i think that's quite an achievement because how long have we been going now like two two months two months yeah, since just Christmas time, wasn't it, that we released it? December, wasn't it? Or Christmas? Early December. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah early So we're December. in our third month. I don't think that's bad I going, nearly a thousand well, plays. Girls. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, ever had a, a thousand anything before, so I'm really happy. <laughs> and uh, bless our Facebook followers as well, because we're at, we're at 333 Facebook yeah. followers. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And a little shout out to Julie. Bless her. Love her support. Hi, Julie. She's a superstar. She's always got a nice comment for us. Yeah. Julie brightens our day. She does. She does. She brightens. She is. She's like a sunshine. So should we plug some of our socials before we start? Because I feel like by the end we forget. Yes, absolutely. So you can catch us on Instagram at SCSK underscore podcast. And it's really convenient because that's also our Twitter and it's also our TikTok. So that's easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the email that's a bit difficult. That's uh, chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. So that's to send us any of your creepy ghost stories, any of your hometown murders or true crime stories or just anything any kind of story, really, even a funny one to bring up the <laughs> mood sometimes. Yeah, even if you just want to say just, hi, you know, yeah. just say yeah. hi. You appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And f- we're on Facebook and, yeah, Spine Chillers and Serial Killers podcast. You'll see us. We're there. Super. Always, Always watching. And, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty <laughs> active on there. And, you know, if you talk to us, we do tend to talk back because we're polite like that. So, yeah, well raised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bex uh, yeah yeah, it's you this week Bex to start yeah um, well I was thinking because last week was such well a bit of a bummer really we in a massacre and all that it wasn't very what nice what was last week again it was the massacre in um, New Zealand oh yeah Aramoana Oh god, and my story was hardcore as well, wasn't Say it? Say that again. Yeah. The massacre in yeah. New Zealand. Was it last week you did that? Yeah. Oh gosh, it feels so fresh. Yeah. That was last week. Do you do another podcast and you don't tell us and that's why you forget? Do you know what it is? I've just been watching loads of serial killer things on the TV. So I feel like because I'm watching a lot of that stuff at the moment, I kind of get confused about where I'm hearing things. 
Have you been watching the one where it's all the detectives talking about how they caught the serial killers? I, I can't remember what it's called. It's on Netflix. Real Detective. Real Detective. No, is no, it that? no, it's not that one. Is it, is it the one that's just be been called... released this week? Catching Killers. Yeah, Catching Killers, yeah. Yeah, you... I've been watching that today, actually. <laughs> yeah, I've just finished I that. Had, I think I've only watched the first one of that, I think, I think anyway. That was really good. Yeah, it was, if a little murdery. Yeah. And not as light-hearted as we try and make it. I mean, obviously, sometimes we can't make it light-hearted. Like, you've, got to find that, you've got to find that, like, fine line, haven't you? I mean, last week, there was no joking about any of that because it was horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your story kind of a uh, that kind of stuck with me for a while as well. It was so messed up, so messed up. But hey ho, that's what we're here for, right? <laughs> exactly that. I was just about to say that <laughs> we're not here for unicorns and kittens. No, no, that'll be our next podcast. <laughs> so Bex, go for it. Uh, right, okay, right. Yeah, so I'm gonna read our first email who's from uh, one of our friends. We know them. Uh, know them. We know her. Hi. <laughs> She's called Megan. Hi, Hi Megan. Hi, Hi Megan. Megan. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, babes. Why did we all say hello? <laughs> <laughs> Why did we all say hello? <laughs> I feel like the minute I'm in front of a microphone, like my brain capacity just lowers. <laughs> Hi, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird the way we all just went, Hi, Megan. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I get awkward when I see. I don't know. I'm just awkward. <laughs> I sometimes get really awkward as well. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. Shall I read the whole email out, including the little. Bit of the she says something really on, sweet at the beginning. Go, it's go really for nice. it. Yes. So, yeah, I'll re- right. So, Megan, I'm going to read out your whole whole email, how it's written. I'm just going to um, slightly change the names to famous people's names to disguise them in a really cool and like no one will ever be able to decode my code <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, right. So <laughs> you'll get it when I say it. Um, so she says, "Hey, hey." And then a little wavy emoji. It's Megan. I'd just like to say, dot, 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 that listening to you guys is really the highlight of my week. Oh, bless Warms her my heart. heart to hear. Yeah. Warms my heart to hear familiar voices of people that were such a big part of my life in the old land of France. I definitely think you should bring Tom Hanks back on every now and again. <laughs> Hearing my his voice made me Who burst into be? tears. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Tom Hanks was Australian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, oh, totally disguised his identity. The hearing his voice made me burst into tears, so I don't know how he'll take that, Tom Hanks. Um, there's so much love there. Tears are still streaming now, so weak. You all made me cackle so hard. Now for my ghost story. We were at Emma Bunton's house 
with Sean Bean and Jack Black <laughs> and Tom Hanks. <laughs> also, I'm impressed at the, at the speed you can think of famous people with the right name. Oh, Sean Bean was the best. I was like, oh, Sean Bean. And then Jack, I yeah. was thinking, oh, Jack um, Sparrow? Could be Jack Sparrow. That suits him better. As usual, we watched horror films until we were told by my mummy and daddy, Ben, ben- Benima. Oh, that was your... That's your cool. That's my cool name. Celebrity name. Oh no, Benima. Now everybody knows it's me. Oh no, Benema. 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 Yeah, Benema. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> God, we were so fucking weird, weren't we? <laughs> sounds like a, a medicine you put up your bottom. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> we are. We are aware. We are aware. Yeah. We were told to go to bed. Jack Sparrow and I went to the spare room. This was seven years ago. Dot, dot, dot. Oi, oi. <laughs> we got into bed and started chatting shit, as one does, when you are sent to bed too early. I think Emma Bunton was possibly pregnant at the time and sleepy, or had just given birth and sleepy. I can't remember. If this was seven years ago, I would have been pregnant. Not that this is me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you and Emma and Bunton were pregnant at the same time. Oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> as as we were talking we heard a noise initially we thought it was one of our phones that had been playing music or something so we scrambled around and checked our phones but heard it again <gasps> the sound dun, dun, dun. the sound of the piano downstairs being played it's true it wasn't Sean Bean Sean Bean couldn't play the piano <laughs> <laughs> As everyone well knows. <laughs> no. Yeah, he was too busy in Winterfell getting the north straight. A selection of notes from different octaves for a prolonged amount of time. Jack Sparrow and I are now shitting ourselves, and we could hear something moving downstairs. The noises stopped, and the piano started to play again, as if a child were making up their own creepy little tune. <laughs> Just as I was about to send Jack Sparrow downstairs with the bedside lamp as a weapon, the handle on our bedroom door started to move, slowly moving down until it opened. We saw something dark move, uh, fully about to shit ourselves. We looked down the hallway and nothing was there. We closed the door and <laughs> held on to each other for dear life. <laughs> I could just imagine these two. Um, Megan Fox and Jack Sparrow. <laughs> There was a scratching sound, paired with thuds. We closed our eyes and prayed for a swift end. <laughs> Emma Bunton claims it was her cats, but we know it was a ghost, ghostly desmond, she has written. A ghostly desmond. I think she means demon. A ghostly demon. Yeah, I think she means demon. We knew it was a ghostly demon. <sighs> then she's put an awesome photo in of Jack Sparrow just... Half in, half out of bed, kind of. He looks a little bit drunk um, on the on the night, and on the morning I after they almost died. I can't imagine Jack Sparrow getting drunk. Oh, that rum! <laughs> yeah, she's then added a photo of that. Uh, I'm not sure if we have permission to post it, but it, you know, we can't see. It. We can see the door. We can see the lamp. We can see <laughs> Jack Sparrow, <laughs> but we there we see no ghost. Oh, I can't see one. Maybe. Oh, actually. Can you see no, a purple no, you a lady with purple lips? That's what we want to know. <laughs> I mean, I hear that Emma Bunton had a lot of cats, so Right. Just 
the cat theory does uh, does clear uh, this one up for everybody. We had watched a film. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a. Sorry, you mean Emma Bunton had watched? Yeah, Emma, <laughs> Emma Bunton and her mates. And it was about um, what she wants, what she really, really wants. <laughs> Is a ghost playing a piano. No. So <laughs> they had watched a movie and I can't remember what the movie was called, but it was a horror film and all these people went into like, I think it was the Paris Crips. Is it Crips? You know, the... Un- oh, why not? The Catacombs. Catacombs, Oh, the Catacombs. Yeah. And catacombs. they'd gone in yeah. like the places you're not supposed to go and they'd got lost and there was this really old piano in it in one scene and the, I think it started to play itself. I don't know. So it was a really scary film in all fairness. So then they all went to bed and Emma Bunton's cats like to jump on the piano and walk up and down it multiple times, which would explain why the piano was playing itself. And also, one of Emma Bunton's cats, I hear, can open doors by jumping up at them. So uh, she did put. Uh, she actually sent me a second email just to sh- to get send more photos. And the film that they watched was called As Above, So Below. Oh yes, that's the one. That's that's the one in Paris, isn't it? Isn't I th- it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It was, it was a good film. It's a good film. Well, thanks so much for the uh, email, Megs. I'm not entirely convinced. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Anything spooky happened there? I think it was just. It's only because you don't want to. You don't want to admit it that it was in your house. It was feline intervention. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm witty when I want to be. <laughs> I really enjoyed that though, Megan. It did really make me smile Thanks, as Meg. well. See your little lovely face. Right. So, right. So, my sources this week, uh, and I think the last time I said, told my sources was about 10 weeks ago, probably at episode seven. Uh, my sources are wattpad.com, houstonpress.com, girls fight back, and the I survived episode. I survived. So, spoiler alert, she survived. I survived the episode. Woo woo! Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I singing? It's an I. It's an I survived episode. Because I thought that we might need a little bit of a happy, uh, a happier. Even though it's still not very nice, it's uh, it's like kind of a slightly happier story than last week. But my case takes place in Houston, Texas, in nineteen ninety-five. Jennifer Maury was a 25-year-old lawyer who was looking for a new apartment. She was at the time living alone and wanted to make sure that her new apartment was safe. That seems perfectly reasonable to me. Yep. She eventually found an apartment complex that boasted a wide range of security features, including an eight-foot-tall fence around the whole perimeter. What sold it for her... Uh, along with the eight-foot fence, was the fact that it had a 24-hour on-call security guard on the property at all times. Right. So she thought, great, signed the lease, moved in. Uh, Jennifer was a lawyer just starting her career, so she would work late at night, and uh, after a few weeks or months, you know, since she's moved into her new apartment, uh, she decided uh, in April 1995 to go out for a few drinks with some friends blow off a little steam um and then afterwards one of her friends drove her home she went into the apartment complex back up to her apartment which was on the second floor 
She went into her apartment and deadbolted the door shut, as she does every night, does her nightly routine, and then went to bed. Lovely. And she's American, so you know that she brushed and flossed before she went to bed. What, do English people not do that? Uh, I don't think that Americans are obsessed with flossing, I find. Not that I don't do it. It's just oh, I don't floss. I ain't got and... time for that. Who's got time for floss? <laughs> oh, I do. I like I, I don't like really know floss. how to do it. I don't do it every day, but you need a bit of, bit of floss every now I've and then. I've got one of those jet washers that goes in between your teeth. Does that count? You know, like it shoots water oh. in between your teeth. I'm now just really worried. I've got really skanky teeth. You don't. You've got really nice teeth. Should I be flossing? You need to look after your gums. Well, like yeah. I brush my teeth with an electric toothbrush twice a day. Is that not good enough? I mean, I'm not a dentist. Yeah, well, so do I. <laughs> I'm not a dentist. My, um, and I really want that swishy-washy water thing. Where did you get that from? I mean, you get them at the pharmacy, Amazon. You can get everything on Amazon. They're really good. They're like, they jet wash your teeth. And you get all the little nasties from in between your teeth out. Oh, maybe I'll get one of those. And they stimulate your gums. And it's good to stimulate your gums. Who doesn't want gum stimulation? I mean, who doesn't want stimulation? Mm-hmm. Come over here and stimulate my gums. Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> Sick of, this is not a flirting podcast. Can we stop? Well, t- tell Emma with a jet. <laughs> it buzzes as well. Oh, yes, it does. Like that. It's got different speeds. So it's so it's not silent like your spaceship the other <laughs> It's got different intensities of jet. It sounds bloody amazing. Yeah. It's not really it. It's just got that bit on there to hide the fact that it is a lady pleaser and you just want to hide it from Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) When did we start replacing everybody's names with like famous people? And what are we going to do with Noel? Like Papa Noel? Uh, Papa Noel. (laughs) Noel Gallagher. Or Noel Gallagher, yeah. Oh, Noel Gallagher. Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding. What's the other Noel who did um, with Mr. Blobby? Noel Edwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. <No>. Edmonds. <laughs> See, there's quite a lot of Noels. And then there's the Noel. Noel. That's all the Christmas song. Noel. Yeah, but he's not a Noel, is he? He's not a Noel. It's a Noel. Noel. Yeah, it's spelled the same. It's, it's just a French accent. It's, it's spelled exactly the same. You can completely call him Noel, but he'd be like, that. Anyway, right. back to the story. So she's gone to bed. She's had a great night out. She's, she's safe. She's bolted. She's flossed. She's flossed. Yeah. Unlike skanky Tasha, <laughs> she, flushes. <laughs> she flushes her teeth. Um, in the early morning hours, around four o'clock, she started waking up very groggily, as you would do at four. And then she could feel like pressure, like someone's body weight pushing down on her. This ghost sex. She wasn't. Do you know what? I really was thinking about that. And then I remembered that it was Becky telling the story and not Emma. (laughs) Therefore. It's not ghost sex. Potentially not ghost sex and maybe something more sinister. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more sinister. It's definitely not so. I did have a little, little thought of ghost sex, but no. Definitely not. Something we all think about regularly. Yeah. I did, after that episode, I did think about it for quite a long time. 
<laughs> what? Like, imagine if I'm just asleep and then a ghost walks in. With you, know, his... you know, like, you know when you have, like... He's been stimulating his gums and he's really up for it. <laughs> Maybe. You know when you have, like, a saucy dream? Imagine if, actually, when we're having saucy dreams, that's actually us having ghost sex. <gasps> I've cracked it! I've cracked it! <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say. <laughs> No, <laughs> my ghost looks like Hugh Jackman. Oh, go sex me up if he does. Mm. <laughs> I anyway. just watched that film Australia. Have you guys seen it? Oh, Australia. Yeah, he's that, isn't he? Oh god, have you not seen it, Bex? No, I haven't seen Watch it. Watch it just for Hugh Jackman. Have you got Disney he's Plus? It. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I do. I have it. Well, it it's on. Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Watch Australia. It's a fantastic film, and yeah, creamy jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty buggers. Hey, that came from Australian Tom, not me. I know it did. <laughs> I was listening to that in the bath, and I was so cringed out. <laughs> I was like, "He's so fucking disgusting." <laughs> And imagine you, Tash, with no knickers on. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> I felt Crick, like, you know, with, yeah. you feel a bit dirty because you've listened to something you shouldn't. And like, I was like, ugh. Yeah, like every oh, single oh. one of our listeners right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she's feeling a pressure. Heavy weight on her. She's got pressure. Yeah. Under pressure. Dum, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Um so she woke up to slowly waking up to the feel of someone like someone's body on top of her. Uh, yuck. Um she still wasn't awake but then she could s- start to feel them trying to pull her pants off. Easy. That's when she started waking like a bit more shocked and waking up. As you would. Uh, also, yeah. sleeping in your pants. Let that free. You gotta let it breathe. Stop letting your vagina so goddamn free. <laughs> Jesus Christ, woman. Oh, Sorry. I don't. I don't sleep with my knickers. I on. sleep with <laughs> knickers on. Definitely. Do sleep. you? You have to let, let it, it breathe. breathe. Do you never, when do you get air to it? I don't know. When I'm in the bath, I don't. She know. puts the air, air setting onto a toothbrush and blows that up. There. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, it's not a toothbrush. <laughs> it's a tooth jet wash. Secondly, there isn't an air choice. And if we don't get a sponsor from this, I don't know when we're going to get a We're going to get a sponsor for the, some kind of like... From the new Jet 1000 from Amazon. We're going to get for the psych ward. That's all we're getting sponsored for. <laughs> or some kind of vi- vaginal itch cream or some uh, <laughs> like Caniston duo. Are you like Emma? And do you never sleep with your pants off? Well, you need vag- vagina air cream. <laughs> Have you creamed your jeans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, ma- not again. Oh, cream everywhere. Oh, God. Cut this out. <laughs> We're so just like, I can't cope with how gross we fucking are. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm going to go put sorry. my pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Right. So she starts waking up more and, I don't know, when you wake up with a jump, you kind of put your hands up and she reached her hand up uh, to more near of her, her face and felt a knife oh, no. against her throat. Oh, no, 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 no. So adrenaline pumping, Jennifer begins to scream and fight back. She started to struggle and kick her unknown assailant. She says uh, her fighting back enraged the man on top of her. And then he punched her really hard on the side of the face. Like just where her eye is, just above her eye. Yeah. And then she could feel like warm blood just streaming down her face. Not a trickle, like really coming out. Yeah, like And he'd actually stabbed her. Yeah, she had actually stabbed her. On the side of the face. Well, when he punched her, he he stabbed her. Well, he punch-stabbed. He did it on purpose. He, like, stabbed her in the face. And slashed all of her face above her eye. She knew now that this was going to be a fight for her life. She screamed and screamed so, so loud that she was sure that her neighbours had heard and were calling police. I mean, it's an apartment complex. You can hear people sneeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear people breathe too loud in the other apartments. And then also this was a secure apartment, so you think that people would... um, Hear. Look out for each other a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it turns out, yes, over 15 people heard her scream, but nobody called 911. What the fuck, guys? I'm sorry, but if someone's screaming at, like, four in the morning... Like, you'd call the police, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think... I feel like you'd sort of listen once to think, sorry, is that someone having a great time? But the screams are different, aren't they? Yeah, well, she was screaming help and screaming for her life. It would have been a blood-curdling scream. Why didn't they ring the police? What is there an excuse? Is there a reason? Are they just pieces of shit? I think possibly some that, and then others just probably just brushed it off as people arguing. But for God, do you know what? I am so sick in our society that people have just got this mentality of if it doesn't concern me, I'm not going to get so involved. Shit, I mean, yes. It? I mean, in some cases, yeah, fair enough, you know, do mind your business. But if if someone's being like hassled, if someone's in trouble, obviously, just go and help yeah. them. What yeah. the fuck? I think that's why they say, I mean, I, it was on Facebook, so God knows if this is true that you should do this or not but people say to scream fire and then people will actually move and look and see if someone's in trouble and help i mean that in itself is just fucking shocking yeah you're supposed to instead of saying rape you're supposed to say fire yeah because oh you might be affected not just i'm being attacked and this man's trying to rape me i hate humans but i just think what's the point in paying extra for a secure apartment if people are not going to help each other and just think, oh, it's security's problem, not mine. I don't know. I mean, there is a security guard on site, but if he's at the other side of the apartment complex when this is happening, he's not going to be hearing much. No. You know, I don't know. I don't know the setup of the apartment complex, but yes. That's when her attacker said, Jennifer, shut the hell up. Oh my God. So, so he knows her name. name. First name terms. So she thought, well, this person knows me. So while she was trying to fight him off, she was trying to recognise the voice and she couldn't recognise it. She was well, obviously in a panic as well at the same time. You can't 
fully think about someone's voice when you're being attacked. No. She wouldn't stop screaming, so that's when he stabbed her again, but this time in the throat. And then oh, he no. then he cut her throat. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, yeah. it makes me cringe. Yeah, it does it does mean Jennifer was now bleeding profusely from her face and her neck. Uh so uh, bless her. Well, she just then lay there silently. Um stopped screaming because she'd well, she'd been attacked, been slashed in the neck. Her attacker didn't succeed in raping her, which made me believe that he couldn't He couldn't do it. I don't know whether it's because of the blood it put him off, I don't know. Yeah, dying girl, not so much of a turn on, Perv. No, exactly. I don't think it was going the way that he imagined it to go. Yeah. So he dragged her off the bed by her hair and into the bathroom. She, He made her like, stumble into the bathroom. Then he... Realised he'd left his knife back on the bed, so he turned round to go and get the knife. So she, even though she had her neck uh, cut open, she still kind of remained conscious and was thinking fast enough that she managed to shut the bathroom door. And then she kind of got in a position where she had her back against the door and her legs sat outright, so she sat up with her legs against the bath. Right. And then her legs straight against the bath so she was like a wedge between the door and the bath so he couldn't get back in he was banging on the door trying to push the door again and again while she was sat there she looked over and grabbed a whole toilet roll and put that against her neck wound so um she could hear her attacker moving around her apartment picking things up putting things down and then eventually it it just kind of stumbled away and it went quiet in there so Jennifer didn't 100% know if help was on the way or not. She was losing a lot of blood and was starting to go a little lightheaded. So she knew she knew that she needed to try and get help. She um, tries to open the door and her hand was covered in blood so she couldn't get a grip on the handle at first. I think it was a doorknob, you know, that you turn. Yeah. She realised that she would have to yank the door open because... Because she'd pushed against it so hard, she'd actually wedged it the the other way slightly. It really wedged it shut. So she wanted to kind of peek through and see if he was there. But she realised that, yeah, that she had to yank it open now. So she yanked the door open quite loudly, looked around and he couldn't see anything. But she didn't have her contact lenses in. Obviously, and uh, there was blood all in her eyes and face, and where oh, she'd been so. hit above the eye, that was obviously not very, very good. She, all the lights were off, and the assailant had actually cut off the electric to her apartment, so none of the lights work. So the home phone doesn't work. So this is 1995. She didn't have mobile phone. They weren't common back then. But because um, this is where her look... Yes. Because this is... She was there with her big old phone pulling out the pulling out the aerial so she could make that call. I think that's what it would have been. It would have been one of them brick phones back then. So she looks around to try and find her phone. So luckily, yeah, in 1995, they weren't common, but Jennifer's employer had pro- provided her with an early model mobile phone so that she was always... Available to contact. 
she was she called nine one one, managed to call it on there on the mobile phone. Well done, Bo. And while she was kind of still looking around to see if he was not hiding behind the sofa or just somewhere else in the apartment, she was uh, immediately connected to a dispatcher named Richard Everett. Richard listened to Jennifer and dispatched police and an ambulance to her location. She was obviously absolutely panicked, so he spoke very reassuringly to her and managed to calm her, calm her down a little and helped her, um, but told her what to do to hold uh, her wound as, as tight as possible to, um, to stop the bleeding while they arrive. A few moments later, when she was still on the phone, um, Jennifer heard someone knocking at her door. She told Richard that the police were knocking at her door and that she was going to open it. And Je- Don't open it. Yeah, Richard said, uh, Jennifer, the police are still on their way. I can see their position on my screen. They're not there yet. They're still a few minutes out. Do not open the door. So Jennifer couldn't see through the um, looky hole thing because, yeah, people. <laughs> because she, well, like I said, she didn't have a contact lens in and had blood all in her eyes. So she said, who's there? And the person answered, security. Uh, Don't answer the door. Yeah. Jennifer assumed the security guard must have been seen the attacker or heard her struggle. So she felt it was safe to open the door. Richard, the dispatcher, told her, Jennifer, you don't know who is on the other side. Do not open the door. Police are nearly there. Just wait a couple more minutes. A few minutes later... Police arrived, and it was a security guard waiting outside. He said that he had seen Jennifer's attacker jump out the window. He tried to tackle him, but he he got hurt, he got punched, and uh, the attacker ran away. That's why he ran through the building up until Jen- to Jennifer's apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When first responders got there, Jennifer just collapsed out of exhaustion and relief. And... Uh, Blood loss, probably. Mm. Um, yes. Bless her. She had a stab wound just above her eye, two stab wounds on her arm, one in her neck, and her throat was slit. It nicked the jugular, but didn't cut it open. Thank Bloody God. Hell, that Thank was lucky. God. Police went through her apartment uh, while she was in hospital, trying to find some clues. And then they found a pair of underwear, a hat a belt, a glove, and a security guard hat. Knew it. Called it. Knew it. Yeah. They eventually tracked down the security guard that was desperate to help her earlier that day, that night. They found... um, So the, the police turned around to this security guard and said, well, where? which direction did the assailant run in? So he pointed across the field and said, yeah, he hit me. And then he went running across this field. So they went down there and they shined, shined a flashlight. And it's weird because it was a bit of a, there were no footprints, no muddy footprints or anything leading into this field. They searched um, the security guy. This security guy was called Brian Gibson, who was 26. So they searched him. They found a knife. So I found that he didn't have any underwear on and that he had blood on his stomach. So uh, the actual mm. real story was he was trying to get back into the apartment to kill Jennifer before she told everyone who had attacked her. What a piece of fucking her. shit. 
And yeah. thank God for that dispatch telling her not to open the door. Yeah. So he, so they, they got the security gun and he was convicted of attempted murder. Actually, no, he was convicted of aggravated assault and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Oh, plus, yeah. And uh, so th- at least there's that, but he is out now. Oh, is he? He is uh, registered as a wow, sex offender. Wow, it's 20 years, isn't it? Yeah. So he's just registered as a sex offender, sex. not a potential murderer. Well, I think you can look up his um, his entire record, but yeah, he is definitely registered on the sex offender, so you can find his address. But I don't know if it's a current address or anything. Apparently, he had already received numerous complaints against him throughout he was with the company with the security company for three years uh and he did have a criminal record nice. before he joined them so you're not allowed to be a security guard if you have a criminal record and they so how can we got away with it then because pinkerton security didn't give a shit nice apparently and with that security company Jennifer actually took them to court because they had, uh, it wasn't the first time that this had happened with one of their security guards. Between what? 1991 and 1995, 130 Pink- Pinkerton security guards had felonies and uh, other other sexual assaults and everything had happened when they were employed as well. That's oh mad. my god, that's disgust that's disgusting. Yeah. So Jennifer and took them scary. To- oh yeah, very scary. Because you're supposed to trust these people, you know. Yeah. Well yeah, they're they're supposed to be basically the the policeman on site that's supposed to come and save you when things like this happen, not be the cause of it. So um Jennifer took that company to court and she won won against them and she got an undisclosed amount of money. So Jennifer, I hope it um, was a lot. Yeah, I do. I hope it was a lot as well. So she she couldn't live in that apartment anymore, and she moved nearer her mother, uh, and then rarely left her side for quite a long time. She was uh, paranoid and afraid of afraid of everything. Oh bless her! She eventually recovered from a traumatic ordeal and is still a, a successful lawyer. She got married, and Richard was a a wedding and they actually shared a dance together and they still remain very close friends to this day. Good for her. Yeah, and also... Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and then also it was Richard's first day on the job and one of his first calls. Oh, my God. Yeah. Go, Richard. And it's just complete, just, um, oh, what's the word? Like instinct saying, no, don't open the door. I don't feel great about this. That's really warmed my heart. You know, like when something feels you, makes you feel like emotional, but like relaxed at the same time. Richard, I feel like he would do that. Yeah. And bless her. Just oh, great uh, guy. fighting, fighting, fighting Jennifer. Managed to wedge herself between her and the attacker. Because he would have killed yeah. her. He was trying to get back in to kill her. She did good. Yeah. And then Richard. Perfect cherry on top of that. And then also that he did get put in prison for 20 years. Yes, it wasn't life, but 20 years. It's still better than half the things that we hear on telly most of the time. 
Did he do the actual 20 yeah. years? Then? Yeah, I think so. He, he did 20 years or at least did. He's not long got out. Apparently. I couldn't, I couldn't find much information Good. on it. But he is out now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my story. I don't like the ones where you end with, and they're out now. Sleep well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I couldn't find much information on it. I think, but, um, hopefully, that was really he'll good. Change his ways. Yeah, and it's nice to have a little bit of a warm, warm heart moment with Richard and Jennifer, rather than the usual horrible yeah. things. Yeah, so lovely. Yeah, yeah. a bit better. Than I had a, a strong, sus- a strong suspicion when you said uh, he called her by her first name. I was like, right, it's gated. There's a security guard. Who's this, you know, who can get in? Yeah. I don't know how he got in. I don't know if he got in through that balcony window, but it was on the second floor. So I don't know. Do you think they have a master key? But then again... Well, if they did, he would have got in again, again, wouldn't he? Yeah, and the, 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 the apartment was deadbolt. Lot. It was a deadbolt, so that's only on the inside. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if he was... Yeah, but maybe yeah. he was... Maybe he was already in there. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? She might have. It might have been a hot night, and she might have left the balcony door open a little bit. I don't know. I have no idea. He could have yeah. been hiding in there already. I don't know. Oh, don't. Piece of which, shit. which serial killer did that? He used to go into people's houses and hide until they like came in, and I think of which. Which one was it? Was it? Was it Richard Ramirez? I think it was either yeah, it was either BTK or it was Richard Ramirez, or maybe both. Yeah, maybe both. One of them too. Ugh. Shut oh, up. Richard Ramirez Mar- oh. is one of the ugliest people I've ever seen, and so many uh, a lot of the type people at the time found him good looking. So there's one photo where he doesn't look that bad, but his teeth were just completely rotten. He did not floss, and they were. Brown. <laughs> well, that was like the one thing that his, you know, the surviving victim said was his breath was putrid. Yeah, he stank. Yeah. They said that they remembered the smell more than anything. Yeah. No. Brush your teeth, people. Uh-huh. Isn't that how they caught him? Or they missed him, didn't they? Because they rang round the dentists. And there was a dentist that said, yeah, oh, that's yes, how they got... found him. Yeah. And they found yes. him, but they missed him, didn't they? I can't, I can't really remember. That's one of the best endings to a, uh, like, how it got caught. They basically had to rescue him from being chased down the street by everyone in the community and getting beaten to death. Yeah, the community just went apeshit yeah. at him. I would, yeah, it was. It was a good story. Tash, have you ever yeah. heard of Richard Ramirez? No, you'll have to do it, Beck. Yeah, I'll do it one day. One day. Well, we've just given yeah. the end in a way, haven't we? Um, you'll forget. If I do it in a few episodes, I can't remember what story I did three episodes ago, so we'll forget. The Night Stalker. That's what he was called, yeah. the Night Stalker. Oh, I think, no, I have heard of this. Yeah, he is really, he's one of the well-known ones. And he is on Netflix on a few things as well. I've so. watched it. I think I know the whole story, to be honest. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, but, you know, like like you, Becky, I watch a lot of serial killer things. And Prompt they all forget. Come, they all, yeah, exactly. They all mould into one, don't they? 
I think the ones I really, really remember are BTK, Ed Kemper, Ed Gein, um, and John Wayne Gacy. They're probably the ones that... Is that because he was a clown? John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. What about um? Oh, what was one that ate his victims? I didn't Albert see. Fish. Oh, Albert not Albert Fish? Fish, but Albert Fish is another one that was horrend- horrendous. No, oh, the uh, one. Dahmer. Yes. What was his yeah. name? Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just s- impressed with how well you remember names. I literally can't even remember the name of my kids. <laughs> and I've think- only got two. I've been reading serial killer books since I was like 16. I've been fascinated by it. I don't know why, because it's pretty messed up, but there you go. That's why we're here. (laughs) That's why we're here. But I'll watch a horror film and like die of fright. And then I'll watch real true crime, real things that have really happened. And I'm like, oh, that was great. Let's go to sleep now. (laughs) I don't know. It just really, it relaxes me almost. No, I'll... My husband finds me, Noel Gallagher finds it very strange. <laughs> sure, he does. Yeah. Well, we are we we are a bit odd. Yeah, I think so. Well, thanks for that story, Becky. We're glad that Jennifer survived and led a seemingly happy life after her attack. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that she's doing well too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a happy ending. We like the happy endings. I think we'll have to do one every now and again because it does get a little bit depressing. Yeah. It's different when you when you when you listen to it on telly and and that it, it's sad, but when you have to do all the research and everything yourself, like as like yours, I suppose is the same, it just kind of creeps you out or gets you a bit sound down and a bit sad. Mm. This one not so much. This this one that I'm about to do, I just found really, really interesting. And it's not really a downer either, so Oh good. Yeah. Goers. Happy cast. <laughs> happy cast. <laughs> so, shall I go? Yes, please. Yeah. So, I thought I would do one that a lot of people probably haven't heard about because I think I've done quite a few really famous ones that have been probably done and redone. So, I doubt anybody has heard of this one because it's in France mm-hmm. and it's the Chateau de Fougeray. Okay. And Ooh, just yeah. for information, it's about three hours, three quarters away from us, and we could go and spend the night if we wanted to. Just put dun, dun, dun. Just yeah. putting that out there. If we do, if we ever do a Patreon thing, that would be Patreon content. Yeah, yeah. Or we'd, we'd have to do a, a live or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So I'm going to... Uh, sh- uh, chateau is like an okay English word, right? Yeah, oh, everyone knows what a chateau... Yeah, it means a castle, but it's not like... Chateaus are really common in France. It's not... Okay, so everybody knows what a chateau is. That's fine. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone knows that France is famous for its chateau, it, which it is. We've got tons of them. They're everywhere. The programme Escape to the Chateau, for example, paints a very pretty picture of French life and its history... But it's not all fresh baguettes and croissants and local markets. The story I'm going to tell you tonight doesn't quite have the same feeling, I'm afraid. So the Chateau de Fougeray is in the region of France called Nouvelle-Aquitaine. 
Its beautiful looking building, built between the 15th and 16th century and vastly renovated during the 19th century. It has been listed as an historical building since 2010. It's kept some elements from the Middle Ages, but in the 19th century, a bourgeois, again, bourgeois, that's an okay English word, isn't it? It's a posh person. No? Yeah, so a, a bourgeois family. Is it like aristocracy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure bourgeois isn't We use it in English. We say sure bougie. Do. Oh, that's a bit bougie. Well. I'm sure people will know what it means. It means someone that's got a lot of cash. And it's posh. Yes. So but the, French. the bourgeois family who lived there wanted to show their riches, so they added another level to it and they moved the windows around and the inside became more impressive. So they just they were just showing off, basically. So they did huge uh-huh. renovation work. The chateau, sadly, was left empty since the early 60s and pretty much fell into ruin until 2009. So we've got Madame et Monsieur, so Mr. and Mrs. Geoffroy, fulfilled their dreams. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. I'm cold. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Geoffroy. <laughs> okay. Hold on. How are you spelling that? Like Geoffroy? No, G E F. It's pronounced Geoffroy. I've even put in parenthèses Geoffroy. Oh, okay. It's. Yes, yeah. Okay. It's G-E-F-F-R-O-Y. Oh, okay. So, Mr. and Mrs. Geoffroy fulfilled their dreams of owning a chateau and bought it. They initially thought that they would use it to open a B&B. However, little did they know that the chateau may have been empty of the living, but was most definitely not empty of the dead. The chateau is now known as the most haunted place in France. Is that your haunted, haunted music, is it, Tash? <laughs> so, so it would seem. Sorry. <sighs> the chateau is now known as the most haunted place in France. Okay. I bet they all say that. It's like when people are like, oh, the best, the best restaurant in town. it's the only restaurant in town (laughs) to be fair I don't feel like the French go in for the ghosty haunting spooky stuff as much as like the Anglo-Saxons yeah yeah no I think they prefer their chateaus to just be posh and not haunted well this (laughs) one's definitely haunted it looks so pretty though I can see how it'd look scary but it's so pretty as well have you googled it yeah, just the outside. I didn't want to go any further. It's, it is really, really pretty. It is literally what you would imagine a French chateau to look like, isn't it? It's like fairy tale. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, I wish there was a singing candlestick that would have made this story so much nicer. Called Lumiere. <laughs> <laughs> Things started slowly as they began coming to the chateau, so it's not their main home. They've got a little house, I think it's not far from the chateau, but they don't actually live in the chateau. So they start coming to the chateau to start doing the renovation work and they felt really uneasy, like they were being watched all the time. Yeah. Um, They'd get headaches and they felt sick, but neither of them actually told the other one how they were feel- feeling because, well, it was silly. You know, they they didn't want to be dramatic. Yes. 
you know, saying how uneasy they were being. But then there was footsteps on the staircase that could not be explained away um, that began happening along with the sound of whispers. Even the family dog, who was usually very placid, would growl and show his teeth when in the chateau. That's, I mean, that's not a good sign because animals no. know stuff. Trust, um, trust that doggy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, if my cats are acting odd, they're looking at weird shit in the ceiling. I don't like it. They know no. something. Yeah. Then things begin to escalate. So Mr. Geoffroy was outside walking in the grounds when he had three very distinct taps on his shoulders as if someone wanted his attention. But when he turned around, of course, no one was there. Mm. Yeah. Mrs. Geoffroy was cleaning out a drawer when a disembodied voice of a very stern-sounding woman was heard saying, Just what do you think you're doing? Yeah. You sounded so... You sounded so stern. Well, she was a stern-sounding woman. Silhouettes would be seen floating out of the corner of their eyes and doorknobs would turn by themselves. Knobs? Yeah. Oh, they'd turn themselves. (laughs) They'd they'd be turning by themselves. It's just not your average knob. So Mrs. Geoffroy even found herself locked in a room one day hearing the big bolt turn in the lock. Fuck that. Nope. Nope. Why didn't they leave there and then? I'd be gone. Bye. They've just bought a fucking chateau. They're not just going to leave, are they? I'd I'd uh, renovate it absolutely in the daytime and then be like, nope, not 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 doing it. This is during the daytime. They're not there in the evening. This is all during the daytime. Oh, daytime knob turning. Yeah. After <laughs> the light. Well, they're not very, they're not very, not very bougie, are they? A daytime knob turning. <laughs> I prefer turning knobs in the day. You see what you're dealing with. <laughs> this is impossible. <laughs> they also often hear furniture being dragged about, but upon an inspection, nothing has moved. But they have also witnessed furniture moving. Multiple people all saw a vanity table begin to rotate all by itself. Nope. Yep. <laughs> don't no, like it. No, thank you. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Goodbye. Their youngest daughter also had a very frightening experience. One day she came into the chateau and she went to relax in front of the fire She closed her eyes and when she opened them, a woman in 20s-style clothes was stood next to the fire. She blinked and the woman vanished. Unsure that she had actually seen what she thought she had, she went up to bed. I mean, to be fair, that's happened to us all, right? Yeah, in the corner of your eye and you think, did that Did I see? Was that? I'm not sure. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to leave now. Bye. Yeah, I'm just not going to stay in this room. No. So, yeah, she wasn't sure, so off she went to bed, only to be greeted in the morning by the exact same woman sat near the fireplace. Oh, my God. Cold she is. Of course, she told her parents, and it was at this point that Mrs. Giffroy decided to look into the chateau's past. She found some old photos and on some of them was the same brown-haired lady that her daughter had encountered by the fireplace. This is what I find so interesting about this story, is when Véronique, so Véronique is Mrs. 
j'ai froid. OK? It's, I think it's François is her husband. I think it's François Charles, actually. When Véronique gets information, she then studies the historical documents to try and find out who were these people, most of all, why they're still there. And most of the time, she successfully finds historic records of the people that used to live or occasionally stayed at the chateau. It doesn't hurt that she's a history teacher. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. One night, she decided to leave a tape recorder recording all night in one of the rooms. And when she played it back, she could hear a man's voice say, it's not so funny now. Of course, this is all in French. I've translated it. So she could hear a man's voice on the on the tape recorder saying, it's not so funny now. So these are called EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomena. And this would definitely not be the last one that the Giffroys caught on tape. Later, when the family really started getting into the paranormal during a Ouija board seance that they were recording, they asked, are you okay with us recording? And they got, turn it off, as a response. Oh my God. Another time she was recording as she walked into one of the bedrooms and caught a little girl's voice saying, who are you? And then another another day she caught the same little girl's voice saying, mummy, who is that? Which so reminded me of the film The Others. Um, is it Nicole oh, Kidman? That is. That was one of the first horror films that I watched and it really sticks with me. It was a good film though, really right? Really good. And I think it's probably aged really well. Probably. Which, if you haven't seen the others, go and watch it. Have you seen it, Becky? The others. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the, the dolls and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that one. So that kind of reminded reminded me of the others, because um, I'm not sure these ghosts know that they've passed mm. and that they must think that the Geoffroy family are actually intruding in their space. Yeah. So, along the same lines, one day her daughter was there alone and rang her mum panicked because she could hear footsteps and whispering. She clearly heard someone say, do you think she can see us? Another time they were just walking around chatting about the chateau. They were recording and captured another voice. This one to me sounded quite evil and it said, master, ah yes, the stairs. Oh, ah yes. The stairs. Like, yeah, but it wasn't. It was like more of a demonic... Um, ah, it's just not yeah. a very nice voice. I can't post the EVPs. The EVPs are available, but they're all in French, so... Maybe you could do it just to have the creepiness of the voice. Sometimes when it's in a foreign language to people, it sounds almost worse. Yeah, I could try. A couple of little I clips try. I don't think would be would be cool. I could do that. I can do that. Yeah. I'll hook people up. Yeah, do it. So, Mrs. Geoffroy attended a meeting with other historical building owners and she freely admitted to a journalist that she felt like that she'd made a mistake in buying Fougeray. The journalist said that she knew a psychic medium and that's how Mrs. Geoffroy was put in touch with her first medium. The medium picked up on a multitude of ghosts staying at Fougeray. This was the first of many mediums that was would visit the castle, but none could ever get rid of the spirits. Oh. One of the spookiest phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. 
<laughs> so one of the spookiest phenomena they've experienced is seeing objects go through walls and ceilings. It's like a vortex opens up on the ceiling above them and an object from upstairs will fall at their feet. Oh. So it's like they can see like a black stain appear on the wall or the ceiling and then an object falls through and like one time it was a book and they picked the object up and it was red hot. That's mad. Um, one day a medium had come to try and help. Halfway walking around the castle, she put her hands in her pockets and realised she'd lost her keys. And she went, oh, merde. You know, I've yeah. lost my keys. And they walked into the, the room that they were going into and her keys fell from the ceiling. Oh, my God. Uh, so in 2012, the family decided they no longer could put up with the hauntings and put the chateau up for sale. Sadly, its reputation of being extremely haunted meant that nobody wanted it, so they were kind of stuck with it. So the family decided to start researching and learning about the paranormal and start having Ouija board sessions and table tipping sessions. I'm just going to put that out, this out there. Do not do Ouija board oh, sessions no, if don't you don't do know what you're doing. Just don't do it. I used to do them when I was a teenager and it was a fucking stupid thing to do. And all sorts of nasty stuff happened. And I think I got away pretty lucky. Just don't do it. It's not a game. It's not... You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Do yeah, it. don't do it. Just don't tempt fate, basically. Uh-huh. So the family decided to start researching and learning about the paranormal and start having Ouija board sessions and table tipping sessions. The answers that Mrs. Geoffroy was getting through the Ouija... She then, of course, researched, and a lot of the time she was able to find the people in the history of Fougere. So she was getting names on the Ouija board. That's cool. And then she she was looking through the um, archives, and she was, you know, actually finding the people. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. They've also caught quite a lot of very weird and frightening photos. I'll try and post them on our socials. I mean, I will try. I'll post them on our socials. But it's like... Photos of little faces in mirrors and misty figures on the stairs. It's, do you want me to send you some now? Yes. Yeah. Get you in the mood. Get the juices flowing. Yeah. Get the juices flowing. <laughs> I don't know if this will get your juices flowing, but. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. Oh, the one in the mirror is horrible. The one in the mirror is actually really interesting because. It looks like a man in a bowler hat, doesn't it? Yeah. Are you talking about the golden mirror one? The golden mirror, yeah. But can you see that um, like little slit of light? Yeah, that looks like a window. Yeah. That's a win- it, it is a window. It's um, I can't remember what they're called, but you know in castles they used to have like the really slanty windows where archers would be to yeah. do their act. That's what that is. But don't you find it interesting that it's literally cut this ghost in half? Like, it's like the day you can't see them during the day. Yeah. I mean, you can't see the daylights just cut him off. You can't see him. Yeah. He's, like, cut in half by that window. Exactly. Yeah, that's So it kind, it kind of reinforces the fact that they only come out at night or that we can only see them at night. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the others, they're, they're not cool. The faces. No, that no. The first one has a Hitler. The first one has a Hitler mustache. Has it? Yeah, a little bit. Or a is that a mouth? I don't know. I don't know if it's a mouth, a shadow, or a Hitler mustache. All of three anyway, are scary. That, 
they'll all get posted. They're very frightening. If I was taking photos of that in my house, I'd be moving. Let's put it that way. Yeah, same. Talk about some of the ghosts. So there's a ghost called Jean, who is a knight, and he has clearly explained that via the Ouija board that he dislikes the chateau as it is now, but often when he visits the chateau, it looks just like it did when he was alive, which I found really cool. It means like the ghost can kind of choose what version of the building they want oh, to see. Oh, that is cool. He has been heard crying by a psychic, and when she asked why he was, uh, you know, why he was sad, he uh, he said he felt lost in this new chateau that had been all renovated, and you know, he just felt like he didn't have his place anymore. Oh, bless him. In his room, people have reported hearing footsteps going back and forth as if patrolling, which he would have been doing because that would have been his job. It would have been, you know, protecting the castle. Mm. Yeah. Um, And and that's why he's still there. He's, you know, he's still doing it. Well, that kind of... Do you remember your story that from in the hall that was next to where you used to live? Yeah. And there was that man that kind of walked through the floor almost because it was back in his time. Yeah, it was a Roman soldier, wasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing again, isn't it? It almost backs that up. Yeah. That they can be in different times. Mm. Yeah, 100%. But um, yeah, he was very sad and he didn't like being, being there when, well, when it was in the renovated kind of vision to him because he just felt completely lost and didn't really know what was going on. That's it. There's also a young man called Felix who lived there during the 19th century and is thought to have sadly ended his own life at the age of 39. So again, this has all been researched and these are real people that, you know, they've got last names and dates of death and date, you know. She has looked into this as Veronique. Yeah, yeah. To begin with, he is the spirit who would communicate the most with Mrs. Geoffroy. They even had a sort of friendship. So she'd ask him stuff, you know, yes, no questions. And he would reply either by the Ouija board or by knocking or, you know, I don't know how they communicated. But they, you know, she got on the best with him and he's the one that kind of came out the most. She described him as a dandy. Is that like an English word, a dandy? You know, that dresses know. up in the little suits with the little hats and... I think it used really to be. nice clothes. I think it used to be a thing. Well, that's how she describes him anyway. Yeah. She says, sadly, she doesn't hear him as much nowadays. She thinks that he might have moved on, which is good, you know. It's yeah. good that they're not stuck. Uh, but he does come back now and again. So when she was researching Felix, Veronique found out that it is strongly suspected that he might have been gay. And that could explain why he chose to end his own life. As in the 1800s, I can imagine that would have been um, quite a difficult... Yeah, yeah, it it would have been frowned upon, if not illegal. Uh, Not sure. Um, His parents are also suspected to be in the chateau as they have heard a male voice calling Angelina, who is Felix's mother. So then there's another room where there's a ghost called Alice. And Alice, again, there's been research and etc, etc. And she is a proper person. So she's a young lady who died of a kidney infection at the age of 22. Um, in 1924, just after getting married. Oh, bless Aww. 
bless her. Uh, yeah, she, apparently she lived in Paris and she began to feel unwell and she was taken into hospital and she died two days later. And then she was taken to Fougeray. You know how they used to kind of lay out the bodies in their bedrooms for people to come and kind of pay their respects and things. Yeah. So that's what they did with poor Alice. People say they get a feeling of great sadness in her room mm. where she would have been laid after her death. Oh. And it's also said that there's a strong smell of incense, uh, like church incense. Oh, yeah. That, would, that, that they would have been burning to hide the smell of the, the Decay. you know, decaying body. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, apparently there's a really strong smell of incense in her room that kind of appears and then disappears. Oh. Alice's father, Paul, is also apparently one of the many ghosts of the Fougeray Chateau. Her mother is also present and is, in fact, the lady in red that one of Ver- Veronique's daughters saw. So do you remember the lady in red? Yeah. By the fireplace? Yeah. That was apparently Alice's mother. Wow. So, unfortunately, one of the Giffroy's children was going to have a dangerous experience after working in Alice's room. So, when I say working, they're, they're renovating the chateau. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. doing the painting. They're, you know, they're doing all bits and bobs. And after what I've gathered, the children, I say children, they're not small children. They're all like 16, 17, 18. You know, yeah, young kiddies. adults. Yeah, yeah. So, she was going to have a dangerous experience working in. Alice's room she suddenly became very sick and was taken to hospital and had a serious kidney infection just like Alice no she did just she did Uh, but thankfully modern medicine and all that after a three week stay in hospitals I mean was still she was she was she was pretty sick that's immense I mean for a kidney infection like yeah Three weeks in hospital, uh, she was okay. There's also the ghost of a murderer and his victim. Oh. One of of the previous owners of the chateau murdered a bailiff with an axe and chopped him up into little pieces, apparently. A a bailiff? A bailiff. Ah. He was in a lot of debt and uh, in quite a lot of trouble with the justice system. He'd had 28 trials in seven years. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's quite a lot of trials. Yes. And he'd lost them all. Oh. So I guess this bailiff just showing up, he snapped and um, the bailiff paid for it with his life. Oh, he was just doing his job. I know. <laughs> They have a recording of them talking about taxes, so of the family, Giffroy, just randomly chatting about taxes and stuff, and they caught another EVP saying, I hate, which could indeed be the murderer's voice considering his financial past. Mm. They have also caught on tape the the voice of the suspected victim saying, help me. Blimey. They have... And I've heard the EVP and it really sounds like a weak, feeble, I don't know, like dying person's voice saying, help me. They have since had a medium come in and help the victim to move on. So that's good. Yeah. In this room, one guest was staying the night and had a crucifix thrown at his face. Literally like smacked him in the forehead. Let's maybe not go there then. Yeah. So, so rude. (laughs) Well, it's not, I mean, it's not often that that happens. But he did later admit she didn't, um, 
Mrs. Geoffroy didn't know this to begin with, but uh, he later admitted that it could be because he was a bailiff himself. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. He's like, Get out! <laughs> In one room, there is said to be a little old lady who was the nanny at the chateau, and she likes to kiss visitors on the head as they sleep. Oh, I think it's that's what- kind of cute. I don't know. It's kind of creepy as well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so sweet. <laughs> There's two types of people. <laughs> there is another room called the master's room, where to begin with, um, Veronique and her husband wanted to make that their own room. But three nights in a row, Veronique woke up to feeling to a feeling of being strangled oh. and decided it might be best not to sleep there after all. Yeah. She had some, yeah, I mean, good call. Yeah. She had some friends that came to stay and they slept in there and in the morning one of them said, if I had been alone, I would have left as he too was woken up by being strangled by invisible hands. People have also been woken up by having their pillow or mattress punched. Whoever it is in that room does not seem friendly. No. I mean, why did she... There's a lot of rooms in this chateau, right? If she'd already had, like, been strangled three nights in a row, why did she say to her mates, do you want to stay in there? Maybe to see if it was just aimed at her or whether it was an issue with the room. I mean, that sounds like bait to me. I'm sure she had the conversation with them. Oh, yeah, probably. Maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they're not very good friends. (laughs) I hate those bitches. I'm going to put them in the master bedroom so that they think they're getting the good one, but nope. Down in the crypt, visitors have experienced being pushed down the stairs. A psychic medium said she felt a spirit of a very simple-minded person that stayed down there. And sure enough, when Veronique went through... That's not funny. I just find that if anyone's going to be a simple-minded ghost, it would be me. Like, oh, yeah, that's Becky. Becky's ghost. I don't think that's what they mean. I think they mean somebody that's like what we would now class as handicapped. Oh, right. Oh, no, I didn't get that vibe. Yeah, like Mm. they were probably locked away in the crypt. Oh. I mean, that's that's my interpretation. Yes, possibly, quite possibly. Uh, actually, actually, no, I don't know, because I do think he got married uh, and he possibly had children. Oh, okay. So he wasn't locked down there, but uh, she did actually then, Veronique then went and did some research and she did find a description of somebody who had lived there and he was described as being very simple-minded, so much so that it was in fact his brother that had uh, control of all his finances. Oh, because okay. he oh. it was he was deemed kind of not fit to look after it. Yeah. But his brother was an, an arsehole, basically, and took advantage of him and, like, diddled him out of a load of money. Oh. So that's probably why he's not very impressed with life or well, death. Well, we can blame even. him. Yeah. No, indeed. And maybe he pushed his brother down the stairs. Well, you'd want to, wouldn't you? I hope he did. Deserves it. <laughs> So there's another room that's called the Room of Portraits. And this is just where it's a big room full of old-time photographs that they've kind of collected that are hanged up all over the walls. And it, and it's not necessarily people that have anything to do with the chateau. It's just pictures that they've collected over the years. Yeah. Like in brocants, not brocants. What's the word in English? Antique shops. 
antique shops and stuff like that, yeah. So so one of the Ouija board uh, seances, a young man came through who said he had died during the Second World War. Um, and when, when asked, he said that he had actually nothing to do with the chateau, that he was only visiting because Veronique had his picture hung on the wall. Oh. Um, and he gave his name, he gave the date he died, he gave the age he was when he died, and they looked it all up and it was all correct. It was all true. Everything he said was right. Ooh. This is a lot of that happening. It wasn't just one or two. This is nearly all of them that she's finding a background and, and a real yeah. person to go along yeah, with Yeah, yeah, because she does. She, she delves into like all the archives and really looks stuff up. I mean, obviously, I'm only hearing about the ones that have, you know, a backstory and that she's been able to find photographs of or, you know, records of. There might be mediums that go in there and tell her a load of bollocks, but you never hear about that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on one occasion, Mrs. Giffroy was talking to her daughter about removing some of the taxidermy trophies that she absolutely hated, which is fair enough because I don't like those either. No, I mean, you know, like the deer heads and stuff like that. Yeah. Or those stuffed pheasants or, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and she said they've been there since at least the 1920s because she'd found photos of the family who lived there in the 1920s all drinking hot chocolate around the fireplace with all these... Taxidermy. Taxidermy trophies on the walls. Mm. And then as she said that, the entire house filled with the smell of hot chocolate. Oh, my God. The smell was so intense that the people that were upstairs came downstairs to see what they were cooking. The smell then vanished as quickly as it appeared. Now, they then tried to recreate the smell by cooking a huge pot of hot chocolate but it's never able to fill the you know the smell can't fill the entire chateau it's a huge no. building no. so the fact that it was just everywhere is weird well, yeah impossible yeah it's impossible mm. electronic devices also struggle in the chateau lights flash on and off and batteries that were full like that had five hours of life in them can empty in like three minutes yeah um, and it also seems that when anyone tries to film any of the poltergeist activity, that their phone just literally stops working oh, really? instantly. And then as soon as it's over, then it's all back to normal. That's creepy. Yes. And to end on a funny note, two journalists were staying at the castle because this is a really famous castle. It's had a lot of media attention. So two journalists were staying and they were staying overnight and they stayed together in the same room. Mm. Um, and the day after, they were doing a seance with the, uh, with the, you know, the Ouija board. And yeah. the ghosts actually uh, called them out about getting it on together, even oh though they were both God. married to different people. That's so uh, funny. Apparently, they were mortified and they left quite rapidly yeah, after that. dirty dogs. So, yes, that is the story of the Chateau de Fougeray. That's and cool, isn't it? It is really cool. And you can go and stay the night. And she does like psychic evenings where she has mediums there. Um, it's not at all like a and b It's not like a huge comfort thing. You go, you're literally sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor and it's freezing cold. You know, it's not. Oh, I thought they were at least supplied a bed. No, I think it is literally like mattresses and a sleeping bag. 
and yeah it's not a great comfort thing but it's uh it's pretty affordable it's probably yeah if you're ever in france yeah it's probably part of the deal isn't it to kind of make you uncomfortable and get you a not very good night's sleep well i mean i wouldn't probably sleep anyway to be (laughs) fair but yeah you can you can do the table tipping thing i don't want to do it and you do the ouija board seance with them with them and yeah so yeah there you go. That's my story. Well, well done. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. <laughs> it wouldn't be complete without the patronising clap, clap, clap. It's not, I don't mean patronising. I just, I just don't <laughs> like the sound of when we clap on here. It doesn't sound very nice. No, it doesn't, does no. it? I know what you mean. I know you're not being patronising, no, sweetie. I really don't enjoyed that It was a good one. story. I really enjoyed it this week. I was imagining staying there and we'd be like, yeah, we're totally going to stay there. And then we'd all get in our sleeping bags and be like, yeah, I 100% let's go would away. never stay there. Pardon? I would never stay there. No, to be fair, I'm, I was thinking about it and I even asked Tom Hanks about it earlier and he was like... Mm get back to oh. you on that one yeah like never <laughs> and he's so good at running so <laughs> first gum <laughs> i could do like a daytime i think you know i, I could go during the daytime daytime nap i don't no i don't want to go and spend the night no Mm-mm. me neither hell to the no hell to the no anyway should we wrap it up for today, girls? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've rambled on about enough nonsense. <laughs> so, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. 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 Bye.